Hey, sorry to bug you while your world's expanding. I'm Alex Jaffe, and this is Insert Credit, a show where we almost always ask a bunch of questions that get interrupted by a horrible buzzer. Not today, however. Today, we bring you dispatches straight from the floor of the 2022 Game Developer Conference in sunny San Fran. We have reports from Liz Ryerson and Brandon Sheffield, along with lots of appearances by people you'll recognize. Goodbye forever. This is Liz. I am walking around the show floor, the expo floor at GDC, (laughs) about a half an hour before it closes. I don't know. I don't generally do this, but I, I, I think that there's something very fascinating about the varieties of of brandings and services that have various uh, marquees uh, laid out here. It doesn't have necessarily the gaudy sensibility of an E3. A lot of this stuff is very kind of clean and corporate looking. Uh, A lot of services that I don't really know exactly what they are. I'm looking at one that says Apex Hosting and it looks like it has a Unity Cube logo. And then one that's just called, literally called servers.com. Uh, and then another one called Game Eye. And they're all like in a stark, stark white and blue. And one of them is white, but then there's some red and they're hanging from the ceiling. Occasionally you'll see like some random games that are in other parts of the expo pop up for these things because they're sponsored by some company that is having them there. And presumably that's what gets eyes on these things. I know one of my friends spoke on, there's an industry stage buried somewhere in the back of the expo and they have uh, events where they, where people do talks in them, but I don't know who actually is watching and engaging with it because the expo is this kind of weird passive experience. The most bizarre one is this uh, for this company, WeMix, which has a giant display right at the entrance. And it looks like the uh, offices of some big tech company, like in this very white kind of logo. And there's this giant, like, circular bench with this huge screen. One of those, like, I don't know, curved screens. Um, and then there's a lot of little, like, it's like you're outside in a kind of, like, a Tuscan village or something. It has this, like, kind of homey restaurant feel like you're in the outside dining area of a restaurant but they're showing games and you're like entering into this secret space but it all has this kind of like fairly bland inoffensive corporate colors to it i wonder how much of this has changed over time but also like if you go to another part of the show floor the the slight level of like bombast of this stuff becomes way more muted and it just looks like any other expo show floor it's just funny to me because with an event like e3 or pax this is so much what they are but it's it only is a small part of an event like gdc so there's a kind of a a liminal aspect to it i guess you could say and apparently i didn't even know that imvu is still a a thing but apparently there's a booth here for that as well I don't know if anybody has, has... I had a roommate who played IMVU who was a little bit older, so I think it might be like a almost like a Gen Xer thing. But uh, yeah, apparently it still exists. I'm walking to the more slightly desolate area of the 
of the floor with much, much smaller booths. And the IMVU one is a, a much smaller booth. Um, I saw one for for a place that my multiple friends of mine have gone to college, the Savannah College of Art and Design. So presumably some of these are for uh, universities and such. There's an ID, IGDA one, the International Game Developers Association, which you would think would be bigger, but it's a very kind of small, you know, looks like any other kind of booth at a convention. I, I do wonder what WeMix is because clearly they have uh, the most gaudy and interesting display of anything in this show. But yeah, everything kind of has just this like vague muted colors like white stark on some color or on black like logo. And it's hard to tell exactly what anything is or what it does. Presumably some of these are for platforms of some type but everything is designed in a similar way that it becomes really difficult to tell what purpose it's serving. So I feel, I, I partially feel bad for anyone who is working these booths who is maybe not particularly invested in what they're doing and has to pretend to be in order to talk to any potential person who's interested. Because... This isn't, oh, here's another interesting booth. It's for Tencent Cloud. It has this giant display that goes up pretty high in the air. It looks like a mini version kind of of the WeMix one. Um, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It has kind of like an Apple aesthetic. It's very white, but it has this neon blue kind of wrapped around it. And it's, it's this weird stand. It looks like a piece of Ikea furniture, but like, you know tripled in size that's kind of framing the entire booth oh, okay here's some nft ones that's not that's not a surprise uh now we're moving to the booth to the place where there are more actual games being shown presumably these are part of some sponsored thing but they're right next to the igf and the alt control gdc games which have actually been submitted and received nominations so it can be kind of hard to differentiate them because you're basically taking up the same floor space actually, actually the IGF pavilion is way more desolate than the rest of the floor space for for games that are just here as some part of you know some sponsored company or publisher who has a booth here which is very funny to me because usually it's the main attraction but a lot of the developers didn't show up so the IGF, in a way, is kind of the most depressing part of the floor space because it's usually a lot more, you know, popping or whatever. But now it's at kind of the end of the show floor, and usually there are more booths and stuff beyond it, but it just awkwardly stops here. It's like, this is where games go to die, <laughs> when I think it should be the opposite, but that's my opinion. Oh, and here in the back, there are large amounts of tables. I think this is where the, the industry stage is. There's a, a cafe called Cafe Saver, but it has three ellipses on it. I don't understand this logo. Let's look at the GDC play section, shall we? Oh, we see more of this, this very stark white and red and black with this Choose France booth here 
that I just passed by, as well as one for Swiss Tech. So it seems like white on black, white on red, white on blue is like everything here. That's just the way that logos are designed these days. This GDC play area is much more dense, so I'll just walk around it. And yeah, and now we go, we're in full liminal space mode. If you want to go to the bathroom, the men's and the women's bathrooms, there are a few like service areas. And again, these meeting areas that are about these 12 feet high enclosures that have been constructed like a game designed maze. They're made out of like metal and I don't know, like cardboard, plastic, uh, and they're black and, you know, gray. Uh, here we go, more NFT games. Phantasma, smart NFTs. So now we're starting to look a little bit more like a PAX-type exhibit in this GDC play section with... These people are wearing plastic Burger King crowns for this game called From Zugulu Entertainment. I don't know what the game is named. Heavy Lies the Crown is the name of the game. And here's a very attractive, pixely-looking game from this developer named Pixmane. They look like they have three different games here. Yeah. Oh, Swiss Tech. This is a very Nintendo Switch aesthetic in the previously mentioned red and white Swiss Tech. It looks like you're in, like, a Nintendo Switch store if such a thing existed. Oh, I've actually seen this game before, this game called The Lost and the Wicked. Uh, that has a booth here at GDC Play. I don't know what it takes to get a booth here, to be honest. Wow, there's a lot of, like, LED lights here. Very bright gamer aesthetic of, of red and black. Looks like a gamer laptop. Oh, that's because it's MSI. That makes sense. That That is their whole aesthetic, isn't it? I don't know if this is heaven or corporate hell. It is very heavenly. It's actually lit very nicely, but it also gives me a feeling of unease. Oh, Limited Run Games has a has a booth here. Someone I know today was like trying to meet with one of them and couldn't get in contact with them because all their emails that he was trying to send bounced back because all the, they said that they were all at GDC. Hope he got in contact with them. Oh, here's the industry stage. I completely walked through it. So not only do they have this industry stage that I was talking about, but it's buried all the way in the back of this expo to the point where I don't know who's watching these talks other than the people doing them and their friends or coworkers. It really seems like they intentionally try to bury this stage, which is really interesting. Here's a, a, a large booth. This is, like I said, I'm, we're in the more gaudy area of the, the floor, not the, not the small PAX booths, but the big displays. Here's an Adobe booth. I didn't even know that Adobe would advertise here. Wow, and the, okay, we're getting to the industry stage, which is the main attraction, of course. The underlying thing that ties this whole expo together. Okay, the industry stage is, a, is this very enclosed area. It's not just sitting out, but it like it's in like a, a glass cube. And there's a bunch of chairs and it has this very bright red uh, carpet, but the chairs are all black and in the back it's kind of, it's all black, uh, but the stage is like backlit with this like purple light for, from the floors that are kind of giving it accents. 
very strange lighting. I guess that's what you call gamer aesthetics. Row creative display. Wow, this is in a, a really impressive like LCD. I don't even know what it's like a projection or something. You know, it looks like a pinball machine display of a giant graphics card. Wow, that's honestly maybe the most, and then it says row creative display. That's probably the most impressive thing that I've seen here, honestly. Um, I think this gets a uh, game of the show. This is for something called Stack Path, Build Your Edge, Lose the Lag, Win the Game. They have this weird carnival game thing here. Speed test, speed freak, that's what it says on it. Stack Path, put your speed to the test, winners every hour. And then it has a list of cities underneath. I'm just seeing the back of this booth here. It just says skills. And again, it has a very muted... This one is more muted colors. It's like a grayish. It's more grays and muted grays and blues. But it just says skills. And there's just a giant wall of words that says skills, skills, skills. And I can't see what it's actually advertising. So this is the skills wall. Imagine waking up every morning and looking at a giant wall that just says skills, 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 skills. Maybe that would reinforce some positive motivational things in your life and you'll be more motivated. There's a booth for this thing called Snapdragon. It has giant uh, tube lights that are like hung down from the ceiling that are very bright. The ceilings in Deus Ex Human Revolution kind of aesthetic. It's actually pretty cool, but the rest of it is very bland and corporate looking. Okay, now I'm back to servers.com and Apex hosting and back to where we began, to the restrooms of the Moscone Center basement underneath North and South. It is 5.49 on Thursday, the 24th of March. It's 54 degrees Fahrenheit in San Francisco. This is Liz Ryerson signing off. Hello, this is Brandon Sheffield. I'm uh, here at GDC in San Francisco, outside of a mall, standing directly in front of <laughs> a... Uh, oh yeah, there's people out here. Uh, <laughs> standing directly in front of some people that are painting the side of a building the exact color of a Chipotle. And uh, I'm wearing my mask, it's a bit muffled. I just had my first meeting of the conference and it was a, a curious one because I went into this building and I walked into the foyer. I was like, oh man, I've been here before. Uh, when I was 19 years old, I had a job as a architectural firm office intern and occasionally I had to run packages into other buildings and and apparently I brought one to this building something that I had completely forgotten about for uh, 21 years and so that all came rushing back as I went into this meeting that was all now full of dentist offices and for some reason one one game meeting that I was having and uh, it's a pretty interesting start to the week I have to say um, the, the reason why I haven't been here recently is because you may not know this about the Bay Area, but um, there's an insurmountable gap between the East Bay, where I live, and San Francisco across the bridge. It costs $7 to cross the bridge, and once you get here, 
you can't park public transportation is rough uh everything's worse <laughs> so uh that's why we don't come here so often and why i could have such a curious memory 21 years later despite living only 10 miles away anyway talk to you later well hey everybody it's me brandon sheffield again i'm here back in my hotel room after an evening of carousing i've been here at the gdc game developers conference as they call it they say the whole thing sometimes and uh learned a lot of important things about game development for example did you know that if you take a photo of your your elbow, the part where your elbow meets your bicep, take a photo of that, it kind of looks like a butt. I didn't know that till today. Just learned about that important game development fact that you all can enjoy. Uh, yeah, I'm here back in my hotel room. I don't know if you know about hotel rooms. Uh, what they do in here is they give you um, pillows that are roughly the shape of watermelons so that if you attempt to sleep on them, that is not possible. That's one of the things they like to do. They like to give you a refrigerator, but you're not allowed to use it. If you use it, it costs money. They got a TV over there. If you uh, try to look at that television, it costs you money. If you want to use that internet, that'll be $20 a day. And uh, and for the privilege of that, you get to pay like 250 bucks to stay in a hotel room. I'm not paying no 250 bucks. Let's be honest with ourselves. GDC comps it to me because I run a day of their program. That's what's going on over here. I'm not paying no kinds of no dollars to live 10 miles from my house in a terrible hotel where I can't sleep so good. Anyway, the point of my talking to you about being here in my hotel room is that I purchased a lumbar pillow from Target, which is nearby here in San Francisco. And uh, this lumbar pillow that is very small in size is what I'm going to use to sleep on tonight because last night I slept on a towel because the, the pillows are so bad in here. That I thought a towel was the way to go. Didn't really help me. I had some weird dreams. So I'm hoping the lumbar pillow, that's going to be my buddy this very evening. So uh, that's my report from the Game Developers Conference, GDC. Game Developers C, as the professionals call it. Maybe I'll talk to Tamara to, to, to talk to you tomorrow. Just like the regular people say. Well, goodbye forever. <laughs> Oh, wow, it's me, Brandon Sheffield. I'm uh, here again to talk to you from the GDC. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this thing called FOMO, the old fear of missing out. That's when you feel like other people are having the good times and you're not having them. That's no good. Uh, it's very serious and real at the conferences like this because it seems like everybody else is at the right place and you're at the wrong place. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that that happens to everybody forever. Uh, I don't want nobody having any kind of fun while I'm not having the same fun as them. I'm, I'm getting a lot of text messages <laughs> as I speak this to you. Uh, Chris Graft, um, I just told him to, to uh, speak some anecdotes into his phone. And he said, oh, dang, I'll try something. And he, he spelled I'll with three L's. So you know it's going to be good. Anyway, I'm just telling you about how FOMO is a thing that everybody has. And that even myself, someone who, whenever he sees Todd Howard, director of Bethesda Games, uh, says something really obnoxious to him, Todd Howard still doesn't know who I am. And I get to have that fun every time. I get to see him sitting down with somebody I know, and I go, oh, hey, how's it going? How's that thing you're doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you can just see the light die out in his eyes 
as he's like, oh man, this guy knows a lot of stuff about me. Do I know him? Am I supposed to know this guy? Uh, I get to have that fun every single time I see Todd Howard. Uh, and yet I still experience the fear of missing out on the fun that my friends may be having without me, or that my associates may be having without me, without even being my friends. I'm getting more text messages. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know, can I really talk about FOMO as people are blowing up my phone with the text messages? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being facetious. But I just want to let y'all know, it's okay. I just saw a, a message from a, a friend of the show who was saying that they weren't at GDC, and that if you saw one of the thousand balding men at GDC, that it wasn't him. And I have to say to you, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I wish you were here. And uh, I hope we can all feel a little better about ourselves. We're all okay. We're all doing our best as long as we are. Let's keep on trying to do our best. We're not missing out on god darn nothing. Tell Todd Howard I said what's up. Is this thing on? Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, why, like, the whole idea of Todd Howard is funny. Like, one of the things about him, also, like, if you have been around games, uh, or the game industry for any period, literally, any period of time, um, you have seen Todd Howard, you can see Todd Howard in, um, 1996. And then you can see him in uh, 2022. And he'll look the same. He's wearing the same pants. And he's wearing the same jacket. And his hairdo is the same. You know, which is, like, that's, that's awesome, but I don't understand. Like, he, I think he might have got a little bit. The only difference is that he might have, like, shrunk a little bit. Like, uh, not just height-wise, but just, like, in general, you know, like, if you are uh, using a, uh, oh, shoot, some kind of, like, you're in Photoshop or something, and, or something, and then, it, like, you take the, uh, uh, you click on the top right corner, and then you click it and you drag it, and then... You drag it down to be a little bit, but everything looks exactly the same, but it's like smart. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's good that he did that, um, for himself. I, uh, and, you know, I love Skyrim. Sorry, I can't let this, uh, Todd Howard thing go. Did you know that if you transpose the first letters, of his first and last names, both of which are technically first names, by the way, it becomes Hod Towered. Now, if I were to go up and say, hey, Hod, how's it going? He can't do anything about it. There's nothing he can do. Did you also know that Towered is spelled the exact same way as Toward? So if I called him Mr. Toward, he's none the wiser. Well, that's it. Bye forever. Well, hey, it's me, Brandon Sheffield. I just got interviewed by the BBC about the Ukraine bundle that we did, which is cool. And I got to talk about the charities and how people could still support them and that kind of thing. But I did have a thought like, where were you guys when the bundle was still going? And it could have helped it succeed. 
I don't want to be too negative about it because it, it's cool to be able to talk about it at all. But I do wish this had happened two weeks ago <laughs> instead of right now. But uh, what can you do? That's what's going on here in San Francisco, California. Looking out my hotel window, seeing a bunch of nonsense. The end. Bye forever. Okay, hey, it's me. Um, I'm here with Rami Ismail. He's going to tell you something about something. What do you got? Um, so I have been practicing how to be a pilot. Um, I'm a student now. And um, one of the most important things you do when studying aviation is at some point you're going to fly the airplane alone for the first time. And they call it a solo. And they say your solo is the most memorable flight of your life. And I, I understood that on a theoretical level, but not on a practical level. And it was one added factor that really made it extremely memorable. The airfield I fly from is grass. There's right. no runway. There's no pavement. So it's just grass. And the day that I flew was the yearly fertilization of the grass day oh. so the field was just full of shit <laughs> and so your first solo flight day was the, you know as i would say it was it was a bit of a shit landing but uh -huh. it wasn't my fault <laughs> uh so i'm very proud that i managed to land it the wings were full of well crap Excrement. Yeah. uh but uh it was it was a very good a very good solo and i will remember the smell for the rest of my life that's <laughs> very good okay thank you no bye reason. forever it might be a little windy, so... Oh, it's okay. It's not that bad right now. Yeah, it's okay. Just getting some uh, ambience, ambiance. Ambiance. Because we're near this... We're near this fountain. Okay. I have Vincent Diamante, who is also here. Everybody's here. He's going to tell you a little anecdote about GDC's past. Okay, so... Almost 20 years ago, or maybe it was 19 years ago, uh, this was back when GDC was at the San Jose Convention Center. And I had just made a new friend. He was from Korea. And in later years, we would eventually go to grad school together. But prior to that, he was just some guy I had met and we started talking. The next thing I know, he drags me into this room that's off to the side in the San Jose Convention Center. And I see this presentation about why this particular Korean gaming company is the new company to invest in. And I look around, I realize everyone that's surrounding me, they're all in these nice jackets and neckties and, and whatnot. And then a moment after that, I see there's a plate of roast beef being served to me. It's like some sort of investment dinner. Where did I get myself into? I had no clue because most of the presentation was actually done in Korean. <laughs> so um, that was a little bit awkward, but also really fun for one of my first GDCs. Yeah, it's good stuff. Was that a, was that still insert credit or was that Gama Sutra at that point? Oh, that was definitely insert credit back then. Man, I don't think you ever wrote about that. Yeah, uh, I was. It's such an insert credit story. It really is. <laughs> but I guess I was also still trying to figure out what I should be writing about at insert credit. And this was pretty early on. Well, that makes sense. That's a pretty good story. Well, bye forever. Uh, hello. I'm here with Tyreek Plummer, who just got an unfortunately configured pizza. I'm going to have him describe it to you. So the sauce is not so much sauce as it is just kind of a, a, a liquidy soup. 
but it, like that would make sense if it was like a deep dish because there's you know something to contain the soup but this is not a deep dish pizza it is a flat pizza where the sauce is mostly water I mean it's 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 buffalo sauce so it's not bad tasting but it's 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 the most unfortunate texture because <laughs> it flow I pick up a slice and everything flows off of the slice yeah. it is it, it is not ideal all the all the primary ingredient which is the chicken is concentrated in the center of the pizza which means it is at the tip of each slice yeah. which means that as soon as I pick up the slice not only like the, the liquidy nature of the sauce causes the primary ingredient to immediately evacuate the surface it is um i mean it's a tasty pizza but uh, it, it is difficult to be handling right now yeah that's the report that we got from the pizza zone important news for everybody bye forever i have zolivier nelson jr here to give you an anecdote about something that happened somewhat recently so, here I am. I have purchased a t-shirt uh, with, in giant pink letters, the words, fuck NFTs on it. I'm wearing that shirt right now. He is. He looks really good wearing it. There's like a, also a teal uh, pant and jacket ensemble with it. It's incredible. The thing is, I real, have realized that I am too cowardly to wear it during GDC. That's okay. Uh, so I have decided that it is not going to make an appearance at GDC, but damn if it isn't going to make an appearance at some point. So I put it on one day. It's very comfortable. I sit down. I'm going to have a series of meetings. One of them is with a very large AAA company. And for some reason, because I am in the comfort of my own home, I don't think about the fact that I have a shirt labeled not just fucking FTs, but in giant words across the top half of my body. That's the only part exposed during a Zoom. Right. Just the giant word, fuck. <laughs> so we begin this meeting, and I see in the Zoom picture-in-picture picture window for my first meeting and only meeting of the day, it's just labeled fuck. And I try to adjust my position to show, like, NFTs or whatever else. I'm like, oh, that isn't, it, it, it isn't physically possible. I'd have <laughs> to contort. This would have to get weird. And so I have the meeting as normal, and eyes widen. And then I see delight spread across faces and we have this meeting and it goes really well. Uh, and in the wrap up of the meeting, they said, you know, we know about your work. We really respect what you do and how prolifically you do it. But when you came into this meeting wearing a shirt that said, fuck, <laughs> we said, this guy has big balls. And... In that moment, I understood two things. First off, wait, is this just how corporate culture works? <laughs> or they're like, this guy has balls. Yeah. I like your moxie, kid. Like your moxie, kid. And the second one is, I can't wear this in the next conversation I have with my parents. So, <laughs> corporate America loves balls. Wear your obscene shirt uh, until it doesn't work and you deeply regret it. And two, um, Try not to admit on a podcast that your parents will listen to that uh, you wore a shirt that said fuck on it with people in the net worth of the billions. That's the story. Bye forever. Okay, I have Chris Jarla here. He's going to uh, tell us a story about how he discovered one of his favorite punk bands. 
So when I was a little junior um, punk rocker, I was really more of a ska boy. And I went to a record store and was like, do you have any two-tone records? And they were like, we don't, but we just got this in from California. And if you like ska, you're really going to like this. And he pulled out Operation Ivy's 7-inch. And so I bought it. And it was amazing. It completely changed my life. And like anything, back in the old physical days, you'd just stare at it. And I noticed it carved into the runout grooves uh, at the end of the 7-inch. On one side, it said, Isocracy, eat shit. And on the other side, it said, Crimp Shrine, eat shit. And the, neither of those things meant anything to me. <laughs> but fast forward to a few months later, I'm living in Boston. I go to a record store. I'm flipping through the records, and I see a Crimp Shrine record. And I'm like, Crimp Shrine? Crimp trying to eat shit. I'll buy this record. So they had like two seven inches. So I bought them and I discovered like the greatest punk band of all time. Very good. That's a good story. Bye forever. Hello, it's me, Brandon Sheffield. One of the, uh, Annoying things that happens at conferences, specifically to me, is people will be like, I know your name, but I'm not sure from where. And it's like, I can't help with that problem. (laughs) I don't know where you know me from. But then they're like, what are the games you've worked on? It's like, man, you you don't know any of them. I could try going down the list, and sometimes I do, and they don't know them. It's like, I don't know, maybe you know me from a podcast. Maybe you know me from because I used to do journalism. I don't know. Somehow I've got a name that people have heard of without understanding where it comes from pretty pretty frequently, just probably because I've been around in the game industry for like 20 years. Uh, but like... It gets into this awkward devolution exchange where they'd like to know where they know me from, but I have no access to the inside of their brain. And so it just winds up as this, like, uh, it's kind of a gross word, but flaccid exchange that ends with everyone mutually dissatisfied and not knowing where the other person came from or who they were. And then it's like, well, cool. Bye forever. Some more of my dumb San Francisco versus East Bay and Oakland stuff comes up when, uh, you know, people ask where I'm from when we're at GDC. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Oakland. And they're like, oh, so you're from here. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> we're in San Francisco right now. That's not where, that's not where I'm from. And I get into this stupid cantankerous cycle of, um, specificity that makes people, <laughs> people unhappy with me. But, uh, today I had a meeting with someone and they were like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Oakland. And they're like, oh, so you're from here? And I was like, no, no, actually, I'm from across the bridge. It's over there. And she's like, no, I meant you're from America. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from America. Oops. <laughs>
the end. I forgot an important element of that story, which is that she was Italian. And so that's why, that's why it made sense for her to be like, oh, you're from America. That must be nice or whatever, because she's Italian. She's not from America. You forget sometimes this is a whole country. <laughs> you ever think about that one? Whole country we got over here. Better or for worse. Well, bye forever. Hello, it's me, Brandon Sheffield. It's windy and foggy. That's San Francisco for you. Another funny thing about this masking that I'm doing at this conference, which is good, will hopefully keep me from getting the COVID. But a funny thing is, I met someone for the first time at the uh, the Dice show, which was three weeks ago. And I was masking up the whole time there as well. Saw them again here at the uh, Game Developers Choice Awards. And they were like, when am I going to see the bottom half of your face? <laughs> and I realized there's people who I now know and have business relationships with who don't know what the bottom half of my face looks like. Could be anything down there. I think that's pretty funny. Okay, well, bye forever. Hello. I'm going to a GDC party right now. It's very windy, but... What is curious about this party to me is that it is taking place on the ground floor of the building where I used to make Game Developer Magazine with my peers. And it's, uh, it's odd. It's like this whole event is conspiring to make me remember things from between 10 and 15 and 20 years ago. But uh, here we are. That's what's happening. Time to head to the office. Alright, bye forever. Hello. I've got Anita Sarkeesi and she has something to say. Here it comes. I thought it was so moving to see friends that I haven't seen in three years, and I'd say that was the best part of GDC. That's really lovely, and thank you, and bye forever. <laughs> okay, hello. Uh, I have Trent Custers here who's going to tell you something interesting about uh, anthropology and also video games all together. So I was just telling Brandon that there's this interesting concept where design and anthropology meet where that's known as the adjacent apparent. And it explains why the light bulb was invented in like 50 places or something like that within 50 years of each other in history. And the reason is because as technology and cultures and the current zeitgeist politically or whatever actually like fractal out into different possibilities in the zeitgeist there are only like a tech tree so many different possibilities that people can take and so at that point in time the light bulb is created all around the world by similar people or people have game concepts around a similar time that may be the same and it reminded me of this of this thing that happened back in maybe like 2007, 2008. And I'd say, don't quote me on all of this, but you're literally quoting me on this podcast right now, <laughs> where I believe it was THQ and Activision. You probably have to look up the details. THQ and Activision went to court over this, uh, a like the, the box art for these motocross versus ATV games that they'd released 
similar time periods to each other, but when the box art came out, it was exactly the same. Now, I'm talking like the, the rally car underneath with the ATV jumping over and, and then the motorcycle like over the top and the font in the same place. So much so that one of them sued the other one. And then the other one countersued because they were like, well, no, we didn't copy you. You copied us. And it went to court and the judge found that there was no possible way that they could have known that either one knew about the design. They just had the exact same problem space and made the exact same type of game around the exact same time. And it resulted in, when the marketing team got to it, the exact same box game art. Very good. And that's all by way of explaining that we were just talking about how we're making games with basically the exact same concept. <laughs> uh, that's it. Bye forever. Oh, yeah. It's good to get back. Okay. I'm trying this again. I don't know if you can hear this. It's very loud. But I have Young Deef here. Can I call you Young Deef? You just did. I just did it. Who's going to tell you about a place to get pancakes that they do not want to tell you about, but I am forcing the issue. It's so hard to get a table. Okay, next time you're in Los Angeles, look me up. This has nothing to do with me. There's a place called the Griddle Cafe. They make beautiful plate-sized pancakes. They put horrible things in them. Oreos, peanut butter, an entire cupcake. Um, the Griddle itself, not a great venue. It's very cramped, classic Hollywood, sort of like dinery vibe. Yeah. Not great for a pandemic. Right. However, they've collaborated with Yamashiro, an otherwise kind of boring Hollywood Hills romantic restaurant that only serves dinner. Oh, wow. And so now you can get griddle pancakes, fucked up things in them, at Yamashiro, an otherwise boring place with a beautiful view of the entire city. Oh, wow. So you can go up, and you can have cheap pancakes, and look over the city and feel like you're really living the life. Um, that's my favorite GDC thought. I'll tell you what, that's a hot tip. I swear I have meaningful things to say. No. I'm just hungry. Nothing's more meaningful than that. Okay, bye forever. Okay. I'm here with Scott John Siegel, who's going to tell you a little tiny bit about an Uber ride. Well, technically it was a Lyft ride. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my, sorry. Uh, my, my Lyft driver had on the back window a postcard uh, to activate your stem cells to reset and generate into a younger state. And wisely, I asked her to tell me more about the stem cells that would reset and get, generate me into a younger state. She said, with gusto, uh, told me about the founder of the company, who's a visionary genius. She's only met him once. She provided me with patches uh, whose names were Aeon and Nirvana, told me to... Uh, affix them to my chest and uh, the, the, the nape of my neck. Uh, they, I, they will make me younger. Uh, she, she took off her mask. She had me look at her and she said, can you believe I'm 59 years old? <laughs> and I said, no, because I'm polite. Uh, and, and yeah, I have a couple patches at home. I haven't put them on myself yet. Uh, I'm waiting for the right time to party. I can't believe you said this was a bad start. <laughs> this is so good. That's very good. Okay, well, bye forever. Hey, this is uh, Nick Sutner. I'm a writer, designer, and I host a podcast called Eggplant, The Secret Lives of Games. 
And I think uh, my kind of most memorable GDC moment was uh, talking about mental health with some friends. Um, I think going into GDC, um, I'd recently been discussing getting some antidepressants uh, with my therapist because I'm just feeling down these days like a lot of people. Um, I grew up on homeopathic meds. I'm not really a medicine guy, um, but I feel like I'm kind of willing to try whatever helps these days. And so I was kind of in that process. And, you know, you can't get meds prescribed through your therapist. You actually need to talk to a psychiatrist. So I had some sort of outstanding calls out uh, to try to find a psychiatrist to start talking about meds because mental health is such a joke in this country. Um, we're getting treatment for mental health. Uh, but at GDC, I ran into a couple devs who, um, apropos of whatever it was in the conversation, um, not the thing I brought up, uh, mentioned that they had either started uh, antidepression meds um, or uh, were in the process or, um, you know, just sort of brought up that they've been dealing with mental health stuff the past few years as we were catching up. And uh, that was really encouraging to me. Um, and again, it was something they brought up um, on their own, even though it's a thing I've kind of been, you know, dealing with on my end. Um, and that kind of emboldened me to double down on the process and fight through the logistical hurdles and uh, get a hold of a psychiatrist this week, which I managed to do while I was at GDC uh, to set up an appointment. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really nice thing to kind of connect with friends on. And, you know, there's a stigma there for a lot of people, I think, uh, thinking about it and talking about it. And um, I'm just happy to make some progress myself and figured I'd share with other people to encourage them to pursue whatever help you need so uh yeah uh take it easy and goodbye forever okay so uh something i forgot about the bbc thing the bbc interview that i got um that i neglected to mention at the time is they said after it was over anytime you think you're gonna make the international news again let me know <laughs> uh i don't know when that's gonna happen I don't know if I ever want that to happen again, you know? Like, why should I be doing anything that makes international news? I'd love for them to cover my video game, but I don't know if that is within the purview of international news. So, yeah, that's probably the last time that I'm going to be talking to the BBC. Uh, yep, bye forever. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Kelsey Lewin and Frank Cifaldi are standing next to me for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. So, uh... We're really uncomfortably close to you. Yeah, so everybody, yeah everybody's really close. <laughs> so we can all hear it. Uh, Kelsey, what did you have to say about some, some nonsense that happened? Uh, so we crashed a, a crypto party because that was the thing I really wanted to do. Because I really wanted to hear people say ridiculous things. Uh -huh. And so the first guy I met was a guy in a neon pink hoodie. Sitting at the bar sitting alone. At, sitting at the bar. And he explained to me that his company invented NFTs before they were called NFTs. Yeah. And so it's really, the future's coming, the future's now. Well, I, I, I want to add to that, which is that his story was very well scripted and, and you were at least like the 13th person he told that oh, story totally. to. <laughs> yeah, that night. Yeah, and I he uh, he made me take a picture of like a QR code so that I could talk to him because he read my badge and was like, "Oh, history, let's talk." And I'm like, "What?" I want to mint that. Yeah. <laughs> let's mint some history. Uh, did I hear something about chocolate? 
Yeah, uh, Kelsey and I went around and uh, sampled every uh, chocolate from the Swiss Pavilion. Well, no, huh. not just the Swiss Pavilion. Lots of booths had chocolate. That's true. Like Canada, Most we didn't them... taste the Canada one. Well, that was a full chocolate bar. That's a like big ass. Maple syrup. Yeah, ew. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I don't remember the company that had the best Swiss chocolate, but uh, it was a little bit boozy. It, yeah, kind yeah. of a coffee kind of taste yeah. to it a little bit. It was amazing. It was and, very good. Um, right next to the Swiss booth. Right. And so at, at uh, near the end of Friday, I just kind of walked up to them. This is like the third time we'd been to that booth yeah. because of the chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, and I just said, hey, I'm here to help with your chocolate problem. <laughs> and they just like pushed a giant pile of it and said, please take it all because they're, they're nice Swiss people. So, uh, and we've, we we've been, yeah, we've been carrying around a, a folio to like shove paper into because that's what we do. That's what we did at this that, show. That's yeah. what real historians do. <laughs> um, so there was some room in there for chocolate. So it's like half chocolate now. Yeah. I want some. Uh, it's in the car, okay. which is uh, fifth admission right now. So okay. if that makes sense, we'll get you some chocolate. But uh, that was the biggest thing that we did at the show, I think, is, uh, well, other than talk to people. Oh. No, is the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Is that. Uh, we went over to that uh, that container store, you know that one? Yeah. And got one of those accordion files. Uh -huh. And we just went to every booth and grabbed every piece of paper. And uh, we had to empty that thing out twice and, 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 and restock. Um, so in, in the archives of the Video Game History Foundation, there are uh, several pieces of paper about uh, blockchain nonsense. Terrifying. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's going to be interesting someday. Hopefully yeah. just interesting and like a haha, that was a funny Remember year. Remember that weird GDC? <laughs> yeah. You know, it made me realize how happy I am in a way that, you know, I always used to complain about, you know, with the death of E3 and prior to that, the death of Kentia Hall, where all yeah. the weird stuff was. Because this you know, GDC, I mean, uh, E3, <laughs> Kentia Hall, Today would be all NFTs and crypto. Nonsense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Does that mean that 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 we would like it later? I don't know. No. Okay. Wait. I don't know. Right? What does like, it mean? Our <laughs> NFTs insert credit. Uh oh. <laughs> that, that better not be true. Um, and one other thing, uh, Ken and Roberta Williams are here. They were here. They were I mean, only but they were here. here Wednesday, and we. So I mean, like it, the buzz got around in the show, which is great. But we had the we had the the amazing moment of of not knowing that. So we right. first thing we did, we walked into the hall, we saw a poster for Colossal Cave 3D Adventure at, at the Unity booth, and I was like, hey, isn't that Roberta Williams's game? Um, so we walked over and we're like, yeah, there's the game, and just kind of glanced right, and it was like, that's Roberta Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's Ken Williams. And these. They're just here demoing a game like it's nothing. Well, These and, bored, bored and you're not going to tell the cute part, which is you asked Ken how how long it had been since he demoed a game, and he said it was before you were born. And I was like, that's the nicest thing yeah. someone will say to you this weekend. Yes, I am 24 <laughs> years old. Thank you, Ken. That's delightful. I love when uh, older people can't tell how much younger other people yeah. are than them. Yeah. Everyone's the young. Everyone's a baby. <laughs> yes. I have one more. Yeah, let's Which do it. is that we went to, what was the name of the booth? Incredibuild? Incredibuild. Incredibuild. I don't know what they do. Uh, yeah, some well, tools. It's, it's, it's some kind of build tool. It's, like, yeah. it's like, the game, your games build faster with Incredibuild. Yeah. Okay. Uh, point is, I saw they had a little sticker sheet, and on the sticker sheet was like Game Boy, and I was like, oh, Game Boy. And the person at the desk got very excited, and they were like, we've got this piece of swag for you guys. It is like. She went, went under the cabinet. Yeah, She's went, like the special swag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are like bootleg 
uh, 401 Game Boy things oh, from like AliExpress. Yeah. But they are branded. They say Incredibuild on the Game Boy. <laughs> we have thing. the official Incredibuild game system. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about that. It's that's going, that's going in my in my collection. She, I'm, I'm, so she told us, yeah, I was playing Mortal Kombat all morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see what Mortal Kombat it is. <laughs> like, is it like the bootleg Famicom Yeah, is it one? like, is it... exactly. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, that's a lot of good information that we just received. That's GDC. Uh, for... That's GDC for you. Uh, all right, then. Bye forever. Well, it turns out there's more. What? Oh, yeah. Fra Frank Frank has more stuff to say. Yeah, so after Brandon uh, hit stop on the recording, I was like, oh, wait, there's another, like, older person at a booth story that's pretty good, um, which is that uh, way in the back was a booth for a, a game called, uh, uh, what, what is it, Mutant Football League? Mutant Football League. Not Mutant League Football, but MFL. Mutant Football League. Oh. But uh, the person, the, the developer, again, the lead designer, is Mike Mendheim. The Mutant League football guy, and he was just at that booth, and it was like, "Oh, you're that guy," and uh, we got to talking, and I don't know, because I don't know what brought up his career, but he just like the first thing he said was, "I was the designer of Fester's Quest." Wow. It's like, wow, <laughs> let's talk about Fester's Quest. Let's talk about your poor design decisions. It wasn't phrased that way, yeah, but. But I happened to know that uh, in the in the later PAL release, they fixed a bunch of stuff, so I brought that up. And he's like, yeah, it was my first game, you know. <laughs> but um, I like when you can shoot three triangles at once. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Right? Isn't that one of the, the shots? Three three triangles? I don't know about triangles. It, it does a lot of sine wave stuff. Yeah, there's and, sine wave. And it gets really terrible because you're in tight corridors, yeah, and you're yeah. just, like, shooting into the wall yeah. like by trying to shoot forward. It's terrible. Man, I played that game so much. Yeah, it's pretty, That's pretty one of, probably good, Probably one bad. of my top... NES games in terms of how much I played it. Oh, and that it's completely Oddly. inaccessible and yeah, that that sounds. No, no, yeah. no. I just <laughs> it's actually because we, my stepbrother, had it. Got it. So like, there's just, something we to just it. Had it. There's something to it. I well, can't the music describe. is one thing. Yes, anyway, the music. Sorry, go ahead. Um, uh, my favorite part of that interaction is that you know we're explaining who we are. Oh, we're from the Video Game History Foundation. We, you know, we we maintain this archive of video game history for people to study, and he's just like. Yeah, I got boxes full of stuff. You should just get it. There I've we got go. All my design These documents. Chicago people, man. Yeah, These Midwesterners, they got basements. They just, they just hang on to things. They do. It's lovely. Uh, I'm putting this on tape, by which I mean Brandon's phone, so that uh, we have proof that he owes us his stuff. Yeah, I think he probably <laughs> listens to this podcast. Yeah, so. Oh, he listens. Yeah. He's a listener. Mike Menheim is uh, is uh, Patreon supporter number three. I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, that's um, probably true. But, I don't know, but that's probably true. But yeah, man, you want to read that, that Fester's Quest design document. Hopefully we'll have that soon. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, those clonking sounds that you've been hearing are people taking GDC literally apart uh, as it is time for us to go. And so, bye forever. So the first day of GDC when I was walking to that place that it turned out I had been to as a young person, I noticed that one of the uh, measures they had taken against the unhoused persons was that there were guards posted outside of most businesses on Post Street. And one place in particular was really striking because it was a clothing shop and they had a decal on the front 
I don't remember what it was called, but they had a decal on the front window that said something like a fun, light, casual place to shop. Something like that. And standing directly in front of the door was essentially a rent-a-cop in riot gear. Didn't have the helmet, but had like bulletproof vest and the, the shin things and just all accoutremented up. His hand was touching his gun and he was standing directly in front of the door uh, in case he wanted to go in there and have a fun, light, casual shopping time for clothes. It really encapsulated the San Francisco vibe of the present time. But now, GDC's over. It's the final night. I'm here in my hotel room by myself because somebody that I was in a talk with, uh, gave a talk with today, found out they were positive for COVID. And if that isn't a fitting end to my week at GDC, I don't know what is. So thanks for listening. Bye forever. Insert Credit Show is a production of Insert Credit and is hosted by Alex Jaffe with Liz Ryerson and Brandon Sheffield reporting for this episode. Original music by Kurt Feldman. Editing by Esper Quinn. Thanks for listening.